I'm, I'm giving it to them. They're the children of Lot. Why? After all, they're coming into their land now. And they have to fight with every nation in order to conquer the land. But Hashem wants them to realize what it is, the idea of hakarat hatov, to acknowledge something that someone did good for you. What happened over here is, way back, when Abraham Avinu was coming with his wife Sarah to Paro, and he was worried that if he would tell that he, he is her husband, that they might kill him and take her. So he says, she's my sister. Lot knew that it was not his sister. That was a secret. But he did not reveal anything. He didn't say anything. He kept quiet. Just for that favor alone, Hashem is recognizing that. Leave him alone. That's the way our Torah is. Recognize something good. Another thing it says, when you when you are when you have the upper hand and 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 you you come into a town and you want to fight the town but the Torah says you know what number one first you have to ask for peace before you start anything you ask for peace we don't want any wars we're a peaceful nation. But there is one exception to the rule. Which exception? The nation of Amalek. Hashem is commanding us, We have to eradicate all Amalek. As a matter of fact, it says, Vayomer, what does it mean? Hashem himself is making a shivua. He says, Kes ka. Kes is really kise. Ka is really yutke, which should be yutke vavke, which is the name of Hashem. So the throne of Hashem and the name of Hashem will not be complete until there will be war with Amalek. Midor dor, every generation, regardless of each generation. In other words, this command is not only for the time, for the generation of Moshe Rabbeinu, which is, this is for good, for other generations. But why Amalek? What, what, what is, why Hashem is singling out Amalek? The Torah says specifically why. When he came to fight you, you know what he did? Amalek did not go and fight with the soldiers. He went from the back of the camp. And he attacked the weakling. The ones that are all the way in the back who don't have strength to go ahead with the with the, with the strong ones in the front, the children, the women, the elderly. These, this is this is Amalek, and Hashem is saying, 
a nation that's going to go ahead and just attack the weakling, he said, that, that nation should not be alive. It should be eradicated. Now, that was Amalek. Now, of course you might say, Amalek, the nation of Amalek, you know, doesn't exist any longer. The nation itself does not exist. Yet, many poskim say, any nation that displays the characteristics of Amalek should be considered like Amalek. Yes, a nation that's going to go and kill the Jews because they're Jews, civilians, not fight, just take them. That's Amalek. Hamani Mahshimov Zikro. Amana Rasha. He wanted to kill the Jews. Exterminate Hasbi Shalom, all of them. Civilians. Oh, well, no reason. The Nazis, Yemashimav Zikram. The Amalek. Why? Well, they, they took civilians and put them in guest chambers. Children. Women. For no reason. The Jews, that's it. Rabotai, there is another nation nowadays which fits beautifully into that category. And that is Hamas. Hamas fits in with Amalek. Why? Simply, they build tunnels for only one purpose, to send well, heavily armed people, terrorists, in order to kill civilians. They send rockets, they launch rockets, where? Well, they're, in their mind, what they, they would like to do is they launch them in the center of town to cause as much havoc as possible and murder as many people as possible. Agadosh Baruch is with us. It's not happening. But that's what they have in mind. It fits in exactly with the, what the poskim say, the characteristics of Amalek. And the Torah says, this nation cannot stay like that. You know, one time, Hakama Wadi Yosef, Allah Shalom, Zakhir Sadiq Libracha, he, some, somehow there were reports that uh, the Palestinians were trying to threaten him. So he called uh, an Arab uh, newspaper or, or, or radio, whatever. And he told them very, very, very simple. He says, listen, we have nothing against the Palestinian people. They're our neighbors. We want to live with them peacefully. We have something against the terrorists. Those people that kill and murder civilians, innocent people. Very simple. He said, it's, we despise the terrorists not the Palestinian people. I don't know how long, how many years these people are going to have to take in order to realize we don't want any war. If only they would try. Try the other way. Stop fighting. Be a peaceful nation. Be a friendly nation. And they will see that they're going to be thriving, they're going to be prosperous. Israel will help them. 
They want to build the Palestinian, the Gaza. They'll rebuild it. They'll help them. But no. They want Rahmanayat Sinan, the destruction of Eres Israel, and that will never happen. You see, Rabotai, throughout Jewish history, if you look, you will see that many, many countries that were persecuting the Jews, either they disappeared or they were weakened. The Greek Empire, for example, they persecuted the Jews. That's why the whole idea of Hanukkah came from the Greek Empire. What happened? Where is the Greek Empire? Disappeared. No more. There's a country called Greece. That's not the Greek Empire. It's gone. Erased from the face of the earth. The Roman Empire persecuted the Jews. And how? Very cruelly, ruthlessly, savages, heinous crimes. Where's the Roman Empire? Doesn't exist. Is it, the, it is the Romans, by the way, who destroyed the Beta Mikdash, the second Beta Mikdash. They're not here, they're gone. And where's the Nazis? Where's the Nazi Empire? We all know what the Nazis did. I don't have to describe that. That's something very recent. It's not here anymore. Gone. Saddam Hussein Mahshimov He went publicly a number of times by saying he wants to erase Israel from the face of the earth. Blot it out. We know what happened to him. Even during the Inquisition, Spain was a powerful nation in the world. One of the most powerful nations. They threw out the Jews. And what happened? It went down. It became a poor nation. Even to this day. Hamas is going to follow the same fate. Just as HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Borei Olam, destroyed Haman, destroyed the Roman Empire, destroyed the Nazis and their war machine, Hamas will follow that same fate. You know, even the Soviet Union, in uh, uh, those of you that know the history of the Soviet Union, when during the communist era, they would not let anything Jewish, Asur, they would not let uh, Torah being uh, taught, they would not let, uh, how many synagogues, many synagogues, it, Close them up. Yeshivot, forget it. Couldn't even teach Hebrew. They were against anything. They were against the Brit Milan. They wouldn't let the Brit Milan being done. People who really were devoted to the religion did Brit Milan underground or, or you know, in, in, in uh, hiding in secret. But you see, the Soviet Union collapsed. Collapsed. In 1991, all the republics that were together with the Soviet Union became independent, all broken, was broken down, and the economy of the Soviet Union was so bad that prior to that, 
people had to wait long, long lines just to get one loaf of bread. Yeah. They wanted to persecute the Jews. The Bereh Olam took care of them. But one thing we have to do, one thing which is our obligation, and that is to strengthen our emunah in HaKadosh Baruch. We strengthen our emunah, definitely Hashem will help. I want you to listen to what the Kliakar says in the parasha we read yesterday. Moshe Rabbeinu was rebuking the Bnei Israel. He was really lashing out at them for what happened during the case of the Meraglim, the case of the spies, when he sent 12, 12 spies in order to go and look into Eretz Israel, And when they came back, 10 of them had uh, bad reports. They instigated uh, the whole Klal Israel. And he was slandering in your tents, everyone. And they were bochim, they were crying. And the crying was going from tent to tent until everybody was crying. Which prompted Hashem to say, You're crying a cry for nothing. Hashem is saying, you cry for nothing. I'm going to fix it that you will have in the future. You'll be crying for something, something real. That night of the Meraglim was the night of Tisha Be'av. And as we know, Tisha Be'av is when the first Betamikdash was destroyed and the second Betamikdash was destroyed. And we're still mourning that until now. Now the Kleakar asks a very simple question here. As Moshe Rabbeinu was rebuking the Bnei Israel, he says towards the end, he says, you know, Gam be hit anaf Hashem biglalchem. Listen to this. Moshe Rabbeinu is saying that also HaKadosh Baruch Hu was angry at me because of you. Huh? And he said to me, Gam you too, Moshe Rabbeinu, you are not going to go into Eretz Israel. Wait a minute. Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu not to go into Eretz because of the Bnei Israel. Gam because of you. Everyone knows why Moshe Rabbeinu uh, didn't go into Eretz Israel. We know that. that that's in a different parasha where it says, Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu to, take, to go ahead and speak to the stone to get water out. What happened? He hid it. Because he hid it. Then, obviously, they... they, they uh, uh, it, it was a different thing. Hashem didn't want to do that. Hashem wanted Moshe Rabbeinu to speak to the stone in order to show a bigger, a bigger miracle. 
Look, a stone that has no feeling, has no mind. It's a stone. And yet, it follows the command of Hashem. You, the Bnei Israel, or human beings with sechel, with a heart, with feelings, how much more so you should follow the commands of Israel, of the Ovakadosh Baruch This is the idea behind this whole thing. Hashem wanted to show a, a very big miracle and strengthen the emunah of the Bnei Israel. So this is what the Kliyakar is saying, you see? It says over there, For this particular thing about Eris Israel, who can vanquish all the 31 kings, you didn't have any emunah. Or your emunah was too weak. So that's why Hashem sent me to do this miracle so that your emunah will be strengthened. So we see now why he's saying, Yeah, of course, Moshe Rabbeinu, he, he hit instead of talking. But it's because of them. Had they had a strong emunah, then Hashem wouldn't have told him at all to go and speak to the stone. It would not be necessary. This is what the Kliyaka says. It don't have to. The only reason it was sent to be mehazek the emuna. We see, Rabbi we must always strengthen our emuna, and if we strengthen our emuna, then we don't even have to have miracles. We don't have big miracles. We don't need. Hashem will work for us. Hashem ilahem lachem veatem taharishun. But it's a big problem. Rabbi Yaakov Emden, a great, great sage, a great scholar, Talmudist, a tzaddik, he was uh, born at the end of the 17th century, well, lived most of his life in the, at the, eight, the 18th century. He was the son of the Hacham Tzvi, the famous Hacham Tzvi, who was also a, a, a rabbi in a Sephardic community. He says like this, the reason why the Mashiach is not here yet is because we are not sincerely mourning the Bet HaMikdash. We don't show real Avelut. We don't mourn it as we mourn a loved one. Oh, we sit on the floor, we fast all day, we read Kinot. But do we really feel the grief and sadness of a mourner? Oh, we just go through the motions, waiting for nightfall so we can go home and break the fast. He says this is a general reason for all the massacres that we suffered from our hostile enemies. If we do mourn the Beta Mikdash properly, Hashem will He will listen. Eh. Many of us were quite happy in the Galut. We like it. We like it the way it is. We got along fine. But you see, when a person is in real trouble, you'll see him right away. He would go to the synagogue. He would pray. And he would cry. 
He will pour his heart. The gates of the tears never get closed. He knows how to ask forgiveness from Hashem. And Hashem will grant him his request. But that's only if it's for himself. What about for Hashem? Hashem is saying, once a year, you come to the synagogue to mourn my house. That is the Beit HaMikdash. It's got to be done in a true, sincere way. Rabotai, I would like to tell you a little story. Interesting story. And this has to do with a, a, a man. He had four daughters, aged 20 to, to 30. And uh, it's not going. No shiduchim. He talks to shatchanim. He talks to people. The man is well-to-do. He had $1 million set for the four daughters, each one a quarter of a million dollars. The money was not the object here. It was not the problem. It's not going. He goes to his Rebbe and he tells the Rebbe. Oh, he waits uh, uh, in the lobby, of course, for his turn to come and people go in and out. And the one that won just before him was a very wealthy man, a big banker, and at least 20 banks, multi, multi millionaire. He went in, came out, he recognized him, of course, and then it was his turn. And he tells the Rebbe, Look, please give me a blessing that my daughters. You know, should be married. Please bring Shiduchim. Bring the, the, the right, the correct mazal. And he says to him, you know, Rabbi, it's not a question of money. I have a million dollars for all these. As a matter of fact, this banker that was here, you know, my, my money is in his bank. All there. So he gives him a berachah. Be'ezat Hashem, HaKadosh Baruch will bless you. You're going to have a lot of happy occasions in the family. Your daughters are going to be married, you have children, and so on and so forth. As he's leaving, the Rebbe says to him, but one thing, take out all your money from the bank, from that bank. He says, what? This banker? Everyone knows him? It's a, it's a very famous bank. The Rebbe says, emotioned, that's it. So he goes out. He says to himself, you know, I mean, he's a true Hasid of the Rebbe. And the Rebbe says, take it out. He's got to take it out. So he goes to the bank, one of the branches. He says, oh, calls the manager, I want my money out. Wait a minute, you know, a million dollars is not something I can give you uh, immediately. You know, this is a small branch here. We don't have that kind of money. He says, I'm going to wait. Go to the main branch. Get the money. So they do. They go. They bring the money. He takes it, takes it home, and makes sure he stores it in, in a place where the Ganavim, the Shodidim, the thieves are not going to take it. A few days later, he's walking in the street, 
and he sees a lot of big crowd of people banging at the bank door. They're banging and banging and banging. Here's what's happening. What's going on? He says, this bank went bankrupt. Our money is there. It went bankrupt. So this man says to himself, wow, the Rebbe must have Ruach HaKodesh. He told me to take my money out ahead of time. It must be, it must, it must be he's got something from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, some inspiration. So what does he do? He says, you know what? Rebbe helped me. I have a million dollars. I'm going to take the ma'asir, 100,000. I'm going to take it to the Rebbe. He takes the money, and he wants to give it to the Rebbe. Rebbe says, what's the idea? Why, you give, <laughs> why all of a sudden are you bringing me so much money? He says, you saved me. You see? You told me to take my money out. And the bank, that, that, that banker that was here, he actually went bankrupt. So the Rebbe started to cry. Oi, all those Yiddish people who have their money in that bank, now they don't have it. So he asked him, Rebbe, didn't you know that the, the, this person was going to go bankrupt? Didn't you know that? He says, no, I didn't know. So well, how come you told me to take my money out? Very simple. This banker came to me many, many times before. And each time that he came, he was telling me, oh, I just opened a branch over here. I just have uh, another big, huge investor putting money in my bank. The business is going great. Everything okay. This time, he was here for 15 minutes, did not mention one word about his business. Then I asked him. I said, uh, how's your business doing? He answered me like this. I hope the Mashiach will come. He says, when he said that, I know something is wrong. The moral of this story, Rabbi is when it comes to something close to you, something for your interest, we hope the Mashiach will come. But that isn't it. We have to actually expect that the marriage is going to come every single day, truly not because of our self-interest. The Geulah Shilema will come and the Mashiach will be here. So when we go this time and we sit on the floor and we say, you know, and we're praying for the Bet HaMikdash to be rebuilt and the Geulah Shilema, when we cry and shed tears, let us do it in a true way with our heart, not just showing the physical, uh, the physical things, sitting on the floor. All that the hachamim are doing in order for us to really be margish, to feel the mourning of the Beit HaMikdash, if we do, then Be'ezat Hashem HaKadosh Baruch Hu will bring the Geula Shelema Amen Keni Ratzon. Rabotai, just want to mention again, this station must keep on going. 
and must stay alive. And we need your help. And anything you can help, that would be great. Also, if you want to uh, have any uh, in your family, please look us up. Have a beautiful hall. Thank you. Iskola Miswot.